BadQuaker.com podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 18th, 2012. My name is Ben Stone, and this is podcast number 249. And I have a special treat for you today. Last Sunday, I was on the Freedom Fiends Live uh, podcast on LRN, and I joined uh, Michael W. Dean, and I uh, I took Nima Vidati's place on the on the show as the co-host, and we had a little fun with it. We we started out. You'll you'll hear it in just a moment. We started out with me pretending to be Nima, and uh, Michael was in on it, of course. And we played around with the audience a little bit, and he had a a live chat audience going on, and they were making guesses as to who it was and so forth. And it was a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, I cut out in order. Well, uh, let's say it this way. Um, the Sunday night Freedom Fiends show is a two-hour show, and plus it's on LRN, so there's you know it's going out live, so there's all the normal radio commercial breaks and everything. So uh, of the two-hour show, I had to cut that down to a one-hour podcast for today for you to listen to today, and so I, I had to hack it up quite a bit uh, to get it to all fit into two hours. So this is uh, very much consolidated. I took out a lot of the dead air and awkward pauses when, when Michael and I were trying to figure out what to say to each other when I was pretending to be Nima. But you can hear it through, and you'll, you'll get... I didn't change any of the content as far as its uh, context, only in taking out commercials and dead air and things like that. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. This is from last Sunday, from my guest shot on uh, the Freedom Fiends Live Sunday night edition with Michael W. Dean. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Yo, Freedom Fiends. What's up, Nima? What's up, dog? Yo. It's your boy, Nima Fiend. Yo, I hear your dog there, Nima Fiend. Your dog sounds smaller than usual. I thought you had a Malmute or something. That wasn't mine. That was a central scrutinizer. Yo, man, that uh, tune we're working on, your new song, Guns for Everyone, or I want to call it uh, Peace on Earth and Guns for All the Kids, but we're still working that out. Um, that is that is a dope track, man. I dig it. I feel like it's got fat beats. Fat beats? Not just fat beats, man. A lot more than that. Yeah, it's too fugly, cuz. Fugly, cuz? Man, what does that mean? You sound different. What do you mean? What's up, dog? I can hear you breathing heavy, too. You sound different. What's up, man? What's up? Why do you sound different? You sick or something? Nah, I got some harsh blunts, man. Harsh blunts? Did you get a new microphone? I did get a new microphone. What is it? It's the Capital Aurora ITS. What's that? Irritable taint syndrome? So, um, what do you think of this fiscal cliff thing, man? And uh, I think they're going to use that to go after the guns. It sounds unrelated, but that's how Washington works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just hear you breathing heavy, man. What are you there? You, where? What? What's I'm, enga- up, I'm engaging. I'm engaging. Yeah. Well, humans generally engage in activity as long as their heart's beating. What kind of activities are you engaging in, Nima? Just chilling. Just chilling. 
Is it Nima? Nima, you don't sound right. You sound different. Yeah, it's your boy Nima Fiend. Okay. So um, what's on the agenda? I mean, I, I don't really want to talk about this shooting. Everyone's talking about it. I just blame the state, you know? Yeah, but there was a lot of guns hanging around, too. A lot of gats. <laughs> are, you, are you carrying your gat jammy on you right now? I always have my gat. You got to keep your gat intact, huh? You got to keep it warm. Somebody said Nima sounds like a CIA mole. I'm uh, I'm not really sure what's going on here, Nima. Uh, what's your brother's name? <laughs> I don't think this is Nima, man. I think the central scrutinizer is taking Nima off to the camps, and it's not the good kind of camps. What's going on here, Nima? Nima's safe. Um, what does that mean? Don't worry about Nima. Sounds kind of scary. Nima's safe. What's he safe from? You? He's safe from you. We're keeping him safe. Um, let's see. Uh, don't don't where, worry, Michael. Okay, Nima, where did I meet you? At home. At whose home? At uh, your home. What did we have for dinner the first time you came over? I think it was lasagna. What kind of lasagna? Uh, cheese lasagna. What no, with of, deer what, meat. With deer meat. Not deer meat. What kind of meat? Venison. Nope, it was antelope. That's yeah. It's well, it's in the in the in the deer family. Uh, what did what book did I lend you the first time you came over to my house? Your uh, book on how to make movies. Nope, I lent you Boston's Gun Bible. I don't think. This oh, is that's Nima, right, man. Where's Nima? What are you doing with uh, Nima? No, Nima's safe. He's right here, chilling. <laughs> Nima, what's wrong? Nima, pull out your gammy jat and get out, gam, jammy gat and get out of there. Okay, who is this? Who am I talking to? What's going on, man? Where's Nima? This is the central scrutinizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, I've been compromised. Nima's been compromised. I don't know what to do, man. I think we should just end this right now. We're watching. You're always watching. I know that. There's a drone over my town. We established that a few times ago. So, have you uh, checked out this Capital Aurora ITS microphone yet? That doesn't exist. I just did a search. What's going on, man? Seriously. You know, this this is a good microphone. It cost me 15 dead Lincolns. Dead Lincolns? <laughs> presidents, presidents, presidents. presidents. Pre you are not Nima, man. You're not Nima. You're, like, Nima doesn't talk in, like, 1980s hip-hop slang and doesn't get it wrong if he did. I don't think you're Nima, man. No, it's your boy Nima Fiend. This is not Nima Fiend, man. This is not Nima Fiend. What's going on, man? What's going on? Nima's safe. Soon you'll be safe, too. Okay, elaborate on that. What do you mean by that? I don't, I don't really like where you're going with this. <laughs> Are you watching me right now? Yes, and I see that gesture you just made, and that's not very nice. That was at a squirrel out the window. That wasn't at you. What do you we think, squirrel? Squirrel. You own the squirrel. It's a robot. A robo squirrel. Robo squirrel. Yeah. Well, what's what's up with Nima? Where's Nima? Have you seen the Hunger Games? Let's talk about that. No, I haven't. You should see it. It's uh, it's quite a libertarian movie. Which uh, really, it's like the government is the enemy in it. The government, you know, it's a not too distant future, totalitarian. Uh, you know, everything's banned. Everyone's poor. It's illegal to feed yourself or hunt or anything. And then, like, the state takes two kids from each district, each of the twelve districts in America. And uh, pits them in a battle royale against each other and watches them with cameras. It was actually the lady uh, who wrote the book said that she got the idea while channel surfing 
in the early 2000s. She was uh, she was channel surfing between some game show and the Iraq War, and kind of combined them in her head. It's kind of like wow. Um, it's reminiscent of a lot of other themes. It's reminiscent of uh, Lord of the Flies and Rollerball. You know, Rollerball was kind of the first like reality TV show movie. It was like you know a competition where people fight to the death, which is, I think, where we're headed. But that's kind of what's happening in, in The Hunger Games. Very nice. Yeah. You should check it out. Although it's kind of surprising to me that, like, so many people watch this movie and still think government is good. Um, but it's really, it's not a hard leap from this movie to our current situation, you know, from our current situation to this movie. It really isn't. Yeah. There's just a few key things that would have to take place, and we'd be right there. Yeah, like uh, the fiscal cliff being solved by taking all the guns away. I think that's where they're going to go. You're going to go. Are you there? Hello, hello? I think we've lost the central scrutinizer. Is the central scrutinizer there? No. He's gone away. He needs to come back. Yeah. Um, We've completely lost contact here. I don't even know if I'm broadcasting anymore. I think that... uh, Oh, I got dropped there by the central scrutinizer. Yeah, well, you are the central scrutinizer. There's somebody <laughs> imitating you on the on the chat board. I don't really know who it is, but yeah, Ben is not the central scrutinizer, but he did help invent me. So when you worked for the general, uh, Nima, did you um, <laughs> did you help invent the central scrutinizer somehow? No, I didn't have anything to do with that aspect. Strictly hmm. aircraft engines that go into drones. Did they go into <laughs> drones? Well, not that I worked on directly. Okay. Well, we're going to go sell some things here, and if we still have an internet when we get back in four minutes, we're going to continue talking to someone claiming to be Nima or claiming Nima's safe, or I don't know what happened here, man. It's kind of weird. All right. Freedom Fiends might be the last episode or even segment ever. Yeah, Freedom Fiends. So, um, I don't know what was going on. I got that other guy off, and I quickly called up Ben Stone from the Bad Quaker Podcast and got him on here until we can figure out what happened with Nima. How you doing, Ben? I'm with you, Michael. 100%. Cool. Good. Thanks for uh, dropping whatever holiday festivities you had to come sit in on the Fiends for a day. Yeah, we were uh, we were wrapped up pretty tight here at the old Bad Quaker compound. Yeah. Uh, I've called the ACLU, and... They said, uh, we ain't going to help you fiends. F you guys. Nah, they're too too close with the state. So let me play this little uh, commercial that's been playing on your cast and my cast. Admit it. You hate shopping for Christmas. You do. It's a hassle coupled with a burden, mechanically checking off friends, relatives, and coworkers from your list. You're probably not even religious, but if you are, is buying your cousin some little made-in-China piece of plastic really celebrating the birth of your Savior? This holiday season, why buy gifts for friends and relatives? Most of them are status anyway. You should send that money to the Freedom Fiends instead. The Freedom Fiends will use your money to help spread education of horizontal liberation throughout the world. If you want to help provide inoculation from indoctrination, go to freedomfiends.com and click on the spinning coin on any post to send your money to the fiends instead. Because buying crap for unappreciative statist relatives won't get your name on the golden floppy disk of redemption. 
And if you must shop for Christmas, please do it through the Freedom Fiends Amazon link over on the right side of freedomfiends.com. It won't cost you anything extra, and Amazon will save you the danger of holiday drive-by stabbings at your local mall. Amazon pretty much sells everything you can buy on this earth, except for guns and weed. But they do sell the DVD, Guns and Weed, The Road to Freedom. So get that for your gun-hating stoner brother or neocon gun nut dad. They'll thank you for it. That's freedomfiends.com. Yeah, that's the Freedom yeah. Fiends. All right. Welcome, Fiends. Yeah. That's not like Nima. <laughs> There's Nima. What happened? Nima's, Nima's back. Nima's I back. heard him. Yeah. What's up, Ben? Not much. What's going on with you? Um, while we wait for that, I want to know how things are Christmas-wise at the Quaker compound, the bad Quaker compound. What's going on there? Well, we always have a bit of a conflict of interest around here. I uh, I don't recognize any day. I mean, I don't. I'm not offended if somebody does, but I don't recognize any day as being any more important than any other day. Uh, but yet, everybody in my family loves Christmas and does the whole thing. So I pretty much stay quiet and let them have their fun, and then I just wander around the house and eat, you know, whatever Christmas yes. goodies that. They- <laughs> We uh yeah we don't do much either. We do like the food though. We we are on the fiends diet, and I have lost twenty three pounds. My wife's lost almost that much, and it's uh it's a great thing. You can go to freedomfiends.com slash blog and search for fiends diet, and you'll get it on there. But a beautiful thing about the fiends diet, other than you know, in addition to the fact that it you know you eat food all the time and lose weight, and it's good food, is you get to do what's called a free meal once in a while, which is not you know, a free lunch. It doesn't mean you don't pay for it. It means you get to throw the diet out of the window for a meal or two. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is that it makes you stay on the diet. Cause if you really, if you never eat anything really, really, really yummy, you'll go ah! and just get off the diet. So this helps keep you on the diet, but it also tricks your metabolism. Cause when you don't eat as many calories for a long time, your metabolism slows down. But if every two weeks or so you gorge on pizza and stateless sweets, um, your metabolism never quite slows down. So you keep losing weight till you get down to where you should be. And it's a good thing. And I had some stateless sweets, and I got to say, that is the best thing I've ever put in my mouth that wasn't connected to another person. Yeah, I actually called you when you were in the process of eating that, and it was kind of like you were, you were like, go away, Ben, I'm, I'm, I'm busy right now. I know. It'd be kind of like, you know, if a junkie hadn't done any junk in a while and got a hold of some junk and was like just fixing the first little bit of it and someone called up and said, hey, let's talk about the government. They'd be like, oops, sorry. <laughs> Shame if on you, Michael. You, I know. Shame on you. I said a forbidden word. Do you know about the history of forbidden words? I haven't looked into it much. There really wasn't such a thing as a swear word until about 250 years ago anywhere in the world. Um, well, there was thing, uh, damning God was, was bad, but you know, as far as like anything with bodily functions or whatever, and it's kind of interesting universally around the world, swear words all fall into the same category. They're all either damning God, talking about sex, um, talking about bodily functions or talking about your mother. That's pretty much every swear word in every language is one of those four things. Have you learned them all in in every in every language? Nah, I tried to learn um, some other languages, but uh, when I was going to go to Germany with my band Bomb in uh, 1991, oh, that's a forbidden word now. Bomb. I said bomb on the internet. That made the central oh, no. perk up. But I was in a band called Bomb, and uh, 
When we were going to Germany, I got some German language tapes from the library and tried to learn some German. And then I was talking to the guy in Germany, the German guy in Germany that was booking our our thing and I, our, our tour. And I tried, I tried some of it on him and he was laughing at me and he's like, you don't have to learn German, man. Everybody in Germany that's under 50 speaks, you know, speaks English better than you. <laughs> and he was right. Yeah. Don't, but, don't make them embarrassed for you. Just speak yeah. English. Whereas in France, um, a lot of them don't speak English, but even the ones who do will pretend they don't speak English. But then if you try a little French, they'll laugh at you. And then since you tried, they'll speak English with you. They're very ethnocentric that way. I've been told that by a few people. Yeah. So what are you doing for Christmas, and how does the state play into keeping it from happening or making it hard? It's kind of weird. We've been trying for weeks to actually get in the motorhome and leave Ohio, and every single time something comes up, something happens. You know, grandkids being born or whatnot, but it's always something, <sighs> some kind of excuse that we can't leave because of it. Yeah. What? How does the state play into that? What's the state? Oh, jury duty. Yeah, I almost forgot. My wife keeps getting uh, notification for jury duty. She has to hang around and then call them on the day and see if they need her that day. You're a slave. Come in here. You don't have a yeah. choice. We'll put out a warrant for you if you don't. Jury duty is one of the um, few th intrusions of the state that I would happily take part in. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say any kind of Fiji thing or anything like that. I'm just going to say that I consider it my civic duty as a human to go be on juries for pot cases and whatever they have in mind. And, uh, you know, I, I would love it. And I would uh, vote honestly and uphold the law. But they are really slave drivery about it. It's like it doesn't matter if you've bought tickets to Europe and, you know, plan to be out of town and has spent a lot of money to do something. They don't want to let you do that. Yeah, in a, in a sense, it's really about owning you and dominating you and giving you permission or denying you permission. Yeah, I had a really bizarre experience with that uh, in California. The last time I was called for jury duty was when I was living in Agora Hills. And the, 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 the place you go for jury duty is in Malibu, if you're in that district. And it's like my wife and I shared one car. She had to go to work. So I literally had to rent a car to be on standby to go tell them that I couldn't do jury duty in person and it, it would have been a six hour bus ride you know buses connecting otherwise to do it and they wouldn't let me out because of that man that and is messed up the state i hate the state and the state hates me uh. yo nima Fien, what's up he's gone i'm here now <laughs> he's safe that was a good answer man <laughs> so um I want to talk about Anna Kappa Island, but first I want to talk about uh, Twitter. Because if you love Twitter, you love the Freedom Fiends. There's a uh, there's a thing on on Twitter where people you know people tag different stuff, and then it all shows up, and you can search it. And there's one called "We Can't Be Friends If," and it's hash hash you know pound sign "We Can't Be Friends If," and it's people posting their you know you can't be friends if you expect me to pay on the first date or whatever crap like that. So. I posted one that said, you can't be friends if you defend immoral actions of the government like you're defending your mother. And it kind of went viral on there. It's pretty funny. Wow. And and I, I, I kind of feel like that. Like, I can't be friends with someone. I can be friends with someone if they say, well, without the government, who would create the roads? But, you know, and even if I explain it to them and they go, well, kind of makes sense, but I don't know. You know, I can still be friends with them because there's hope. But if somebody says, if I say... You know, 
that to somebody of, well, you know, the roads, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, if somebody says like starts defending it, like they're defending their mother, I know that they are beyond redemption and I can't be friends with them. Yeah. It's just too much pain to get involved in that kind of conversations just to watch them just, you know, get angrier and angrier and, and act like, well, they, they show really clearly that it's their religion. It's not, it's not just yeah. a frame of mind or it's not a way of thinking. It's a, it's a fanatical religious belief. Yeah. So you can't be friends with me if you defend the immoral actions of government like you're defending your mother. And I kind of put it in their terms. Like I didn't say all government is immoral, but I was saying that. But it's like immoral actions, you know, and that would appeal to people who like think government is good because they don't know better. But, uh, you know, they know the government does a lot of immoral stuff. I just don't know where the anti-war leftists went. You know, when I was a, when I was a kid. All Democrats were voters, not politicians, but all Democrat voters were anti-war. You know, you, you remember that, right? Oh, yeah. They were the really vocal ones that basically took over the Democratic Party in the 70s. Were, are you old enough to have uh, been available for the draft or did you miss that? I had to register when I came out of high school, but it oh. was already it had already stopped. People still have to register. Yeah. Did you, did you know that? Yeah, well, they're yeah. supposed to, but there's only you only get punished if you ever want anything back from the government, and you didn't. I mean, isn't that how the central scrutinizer found Nima was from his uh, his address was from his registration for uh, draft? <laughs> that could be. Yeah, I know if, if you ever want anything like, uh, well, I don't know about unemployment, but I know about most of the other things that's you know government uh, giveaways. If you if you're not if you weren't registered, then they give you a hard time well an interesting thing about uh tyranny is that eric holder who's right now saying we need to rethink rights and not just gun rights but he's talking about that but you know rights <laughs> one of the comments i saw on that thread i really liked was somebody said he you know he was like after the shootings in cincinnati we need to rethink rights and one of the comments was did they did the guy in cincinnati get the guns from you too eric holder you know referring to the mexican thing oh zap yeah but, uh, you know, he has actually decided, I mean, he, he, someone said, did you, Michael, did you see the thing where Eric Holder's talking about rethinking rights? And I'm like, isn't that what Eric Holder does is rethink rights? But, uh, he was, he was saying that, um, what was he, he did something recently where he decided that any government record is available to any government, any other government agency, without a warrant and he used to take a warrant for some kind of that stuff but he basically decided well it's the government anyway so you know if like the the dea can get your tax records without a warrant you know just by calling up or even probably just logging Bean on phone. so Bean phone. but basically they're making Bean it to phone. where like everything Bean is a government phone. interaction so Bean there goes phone. the bill of rights Bean and phone. here we got someone named paranoid patriot calling hello paranoid patriot hi how's it going this is nathan frazier i'm just calling in hey what's up nathan tell us hey, what's nathan. on your mind hey uh ben good to talk to you again um i just wanted to uh bring up a couple of things number one um a lot of people are pushing for extra gun laws because of this but they're kind of ignoring the fact that shooting that i know you're not trying to talk about but no you can talk about it though we, okay. don't, we don't want to you can it happened on a gun-free zone and the guy that apparently did it wasn't old enough to buy all of the guns that he bought anyway, so the gun laws didn't even stop it from happening. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, 
Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a no-brainer to us, but it's not to most people. Like most people go, we need more gun laws. But basically, the guy was already in violation of two gun laws before he even shot anybody. You know, he was not old enough to own a handgun. Well, three gun laws because he stole the guns from his mother. He wasn't old enough to possess them, and he went into a gun-free zone with him. But I think what they have in mind really is something to the effect of like possession of a gun gets you life in prison or gets you executed. I mean, that's the only thing that would probably reduce the number of guns owned in America. And I think most people wouldn't get rid of them. And I really do believe that if they do some major gun grab like that, it's going to increase gun violence, not reduce it, because there are a lot of people that are probably just going to start shooting authority figures. I'm not one of them, and I'm not condoning that, but that'll probably be the unintended consequence. And then they'll, a few will get shot and they'll say, okay, now we need to go door to door and forget about the Fourth Amendment and just kick in people's doors and take them all. But they can't do it to everyone who owns a gun. There's 180 million gun owners in this country. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is I was listening to Ben's podcast the other day and he was talking about some of the uh, things that he does on air that he's going to try and stop doing because he got told that they weren't the most professional. And I just wanted to say that out of all of the shows on LRN, um, I think that this show and uh, Bad Quaker are probably two of my favorite and a large part of why I like them is the fact that you guys don't take yourselves so seriously like some <laughs> of the other hosts do. So I think that that's part of the character of the show and I think that that's something that I, that really appeals to me and I, I know that there's a lot of other people that it appeals to. So just weigh that in. Um, there are a lot of people that like the fact that you guys don't take your shows quite as seriously and not not in a bad way i'm just saying a lot of times it seems like some of the other hosts on the network uh deliberately tone themselves down and you guys don't really seem to do that and I, that's one of the things that i really find value in both of your guys' shows thanks i are serious quaker i are serious quaker what uh what <laughs> hey. did ben get in trouble for what'd you get in trouble for ben i missed that oh, oh he didn't get Ky in trouble yeah it wasn't really trouble but it was just advice but kai and i are chit-chatting talking and both of us have this horrible tendency to go uh-huh 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 as the other one is speaking oh i like i uh -huh, use filler words uh -huh. i use filler words non-stop i've been listening i listen to all our casts and i listen back to them i don't notice it while i'm doing it but i'm like um uh, yeah mm-hmm uh, and, and I don't do it so much when Nima's talking, uh, but I do it when I'm trying to think of something and I want to have him not jump in. I'm like, um, well, you know, the fluoride in the water is really good for you and it makes your brain work better or whatever. You know, I wouldn't say that, but Michael's been taken by the central scrutinizer. He's been brainwashed. Oh, <laughs> all no. of us. Someone us. dive on him. Yeah. All, All right. Well, I just wanted to call in and, and voice those two opinions and uh, say thank you guys for doing what you do. Cool, man. Appreciate hey, it. thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. All right. You guys have a good one. Say worms. Worms. <laughs> All right. Cool. That was nice. I uh, I like it when people compliment us. I like it when people compliment us and give us money. I'm not saying he should, but, you know, that's really the way to my heart as a podcaster is compliment us and give us money. The way to Michael's heart is through cash. It sounds kind of weird and kind of callous, but it's like literally when we get a donation, even if it's for five or ten bucks, I'm like, okay, somebody's actually taking an action here and you know, kind of co-signing it. They're kind of saying, I like this enough to send you guys a little money because I we lose money on this podcast. I mean, we actually on the fiends we probably do better than most podcasters. We actually have like you know one paid advertiser at a time usually, and. But we spend a lot of money. Like, we do stuff other people don't, like, buy really good gear, although you do that when I tell you to. 
don't you? Yeah. What's your microphone? What's your real microphone you're using right now? Oh, I don't know that sure expensive one you told me about. Yeah, it's I can't the sure remember the name of it. Sure Beta 57A. It's what I'm using. I yeah, actually nice mic. I actually met you by contacting you and saying, "I love your show, but you need some audio advice." And I do that to all the shows I like, but you're the only one that took my advice. So, it, that's how it helped a ton, too. That's another way to to my heart is listening to my good advice when I tell you what to do. Did you know author Taryn P. Lupo has a new novel out called One Nation Under Blood? When a rejuvenative blood technology is developed that pits the young against the old, the government must take firm steps to address the war of supply and demand brewing across generational lines. Blood is not the only thing bought and sold in this dystopian tale of technology, economics, and independence. Vampires are now very real, but we never expected them to wear our grandmother's best Sunday dress. Yo, Freedom Fiends. What's hey, up? Michael. What's up, Ben Fiend? Not a lot, just chilling. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore, am I? Well, you can chill. <laughs> you can chill. You can chill because chilling is from, like, 1982. It's okay for old white guys to speak hip-hop if it's really uh, old hip-hop. Or it's not, it's not all right. It's just common, you know? It's acceptable. Yeah. Whereas if you're a young hip-hop dude like Nima, you'd be quoting the rapper Common. But you don't even know who Common is, do you? I think that's some apartments that are down the street. <laughs> All right, Squirrel Master. So uh, let's talk about Hillary Clinton. So so what's our president's name? Obama. Uh, Barack Obama went on TV the other day and cried, you know, what a lot of people think were crocodile tears about all these children being killed. And the reason they think they're crocodile tears is because that guy kills like 20 kids a day some weeks, you know, with drone strikes. I mean, he's he, there are 147 Pakistanis dead, kids dead in uh, in one year from his drone strikes. And that's just kids. That's not everyone else. Basically, what the United States does now is the president has a kill list. And if you're on his secret kill list, he'll send a drone over. He'll say his people will send a drone over and find you. And a lot of times those guys, you know, they're trying to evade. So they find him at wedding parties because wedding party people show up. And they know the guy's going to be there. So they bomb the whole wedding party, kill everyone at it to get one guy, which is insane. It's it's really, really insane, you know, even from a military standpoint. Because, you know, you kill all those people, they're all going to – their families are all going to turn into terrorists. Their families are going to all swear vengeance on you, and it's got nothing to do with Islam. It's like – I what I say to Americans is, you know, like gun-nut American patriot types who say like, oh, well, them brown people deserve getting killed. And I'm like – Okay, you saw you saw Red Dawn and you cheered it, you know. You you vowed to defend your your country on on your property. What would you do if your daughter was at a wedding party of a friend and uh it got bombed by a foreign government and then the go- that foreign government had troops on your your soil. You'd be out there shooting them, you know. So, you can call those people terrorists all you want, but it sounds like self-defense or you know not necessarily self-defense but like uh something most 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 red-blooded americans probably do if it happened to them the funny thing is you, you know if you look at it from a criminal gang point of view which that's what the government is uh even the mafia doesn't behave that way you know the crips don't be- behave that way families uh, are off limits yeah um you know uh hell's angels do not behave that way it's it's pretty bad thing when you realize that that the 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 worst criminal gangs that we know of do not behave as evil as the president of the United States does. 
Yeah, and on top of all that, they're now doing this thing called double tap drone strikes. You know about that? Yeah, where they first they bomb the the wedding party, and then when they uh, have a funeral for the people they killed at the wedding, they bomb the wedding too. I'm sorry, they bomb the funeral. Oh no, the double tap is the other thing where they drop a bomb and then they wait a minute until people run in to try to help the people that are injured, and they drop another one. Yeah, like when ambulances show up, which is a violation of. Uh, What's that rule of war thing that America pushed through after World War II? The Geneva Convention. It is a violation of the Geneva, Geneva Convention to target uh, medical personnel or rescue personnel. And they're literally doing that by doing that. It's a funny thing, too, because at moments like that, they say, well, but we're not at war. This is not, a, this is not an actual war. And then you say, well, why are you bombing this country? Well, we're at war. The United States hasn't been at war since 1945, a declared war. And uh, I was born in 64, and I cannot remember uh, very many months in my life when the United States wasn't acting like they're at war with somebody and being war, you know, <laughs> doing war at somebody. I guess they called Vietnam a police action. Yeah, and same way with Korea, and same way with the uh, bunch. Then that that phrase kind of wore out because that you know it, it got uh, it got pushed to the side. Now we're rescuing other you know other we're we're saving other countries by bombing them. Yeah, uh, but they are calling it a war. They call it the global war on terror. But terror isn't a country, so I guess they can say it's not a war. Well, that's a typical doublespeak from the government, though. You know, if, if, if it's on their behalf, then they'll say they'll use any word necessary. But if it's something that's not on their behalf, then they'll, again, use any word necessary. They'll just twist the language around to suit whatever they need at the, at the moment. Do you know about the phrase government in a box? Hmm, doesn't come to mind. Started in 2010 uh, Af in, over in Afghanistan, International Security Assistance Force. Now, there's some... Some 1984 doublespeak for you. Uh, the International Security Assistance Force pacification offensive in the town of Mirage, Afghanistan, involved 15,000 American, Afghan, and British troops. And there was an American general who said, General Stanley McChrystal, everyone knows he is, uh, who was the commander of the ISAF, this weird 1984-ish uh, thing, coalition of the unwilling, uh, he promised that following the offensive, the ISAF would install a government in a box, which basically means, um, you know, I mean, the CIA has always done this. They go kill a bunch of people, say that there's reasons to do it, and then try to rig the elections to get their guy in there. But they're not even pretending with any of that anymore. It's like, you know, we're going to bother you. And then as soon as everyone's done resisting and killed, we have the government ready to put in place for you. We are giving you democracy in a box. We're giving you uh, government in a box. Amazing. I yeah. started doing, uh, I started looking up some, well, actually, I just kind of bumped into it. I was on the CIA's website. Really? Just looked, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't do that, man. <laughs> CIA.gov. You find interesting things over there. Well, but, isn't there uh, isn't there a statement? I did that a long time ago. Isn't there a thing when you log in that basically says, "By looking at this site, we are looking at you." Isn't there some kind of disclaimer that pops up? Which I'm surprised uh, they even have to say anymore. They, maybe they got rid of it. They they probably did, but they probably just don't even bother. They look at you no matter what. So yeah, that's kind of like those Facebook disclaimers. Like those are hilarious, know, man. Yeah, yeah. You're somehow safe if you put these magic words on your Facebook page, and then the government can't. <laughs> they, you know, oh, oh the government's going to stop there because you got magic words. I know it. Kind of it kind of reminds me of like you know little boys who have a treehouse and they put up a sign that says no girls g-u-r-l-z or whatever 
Yeah. You know? like, like, oh, hey, wait, here's another thing. I've got this constitution. You have to stop right there. You can't come in my front door with your SWAT team. I have a constitution. Yeah, boom, the constitution boom, boom. that's currently uh, interpreted by the highest attorney in the land, Eric Holder, as it's constitutional to drone bomb people uh, who are American citizens without a trial because the constitution promises due process and that was previously believed to mean a court of law but now we are redefining it as the president wants him dead now what a lot of people don't know is that the president barack obama is that his name um he obama he targeted his kill list included and they targeted and killed a american teenager a 16 year old boy who was born in america and remember when uh that guy in Florida shot that black kid and the president went on TV and had some crocodile tears and said, if I had a son, he would, he'd look a lot like him. Right. And I'm not even getting into that case. Cause who knows whether that was legitimate self-defense or not. Cause there's so many like conflicting witness reports and everything. But the phrase, if I had a son, uh, he'd look like him. The, the, the 16 year old American kid who was born in Denver, who Obama had killed in the middle East, looks a lot like he'd be like Obama's son. He looks more like him than the kid that he was referring to. Yeah, and it should be noted that the kid wasn't even accused of a crime, much less convicted or anything like that. He was just a kid looking for his dad. He was the son of someone that the United States had drone bombed, that the United States said they had reason to, because the guy, I mean, basically was doing something that previously the Supreme Court had decided was free speech. He was publishing some really angry, violent rhetoric on the Internet but it didn't have specifics of you should target this person at this time in this manner, which has previously been the Supreme Court's uh, acid test for, you know, is it unconstitutional speech? So actually, the guy was publishing, you know, he's basically saying kill Americans and, and uh, suggesting ways to do it, but not specific Americans and not, you know, I don't like what the guy did, but. He was basically practicing free speech, and Obama killed him, but they felt they had a reason to. But the kid, they didn't even have a reason to. The kid wasn't radicalized. The kid wasn't calling for Americans' head on, heads on a pike. He was the son of a guy that was on the kill list. You know, basically, I guess they realize when you kill somebody, you know, you create five terrorists. When you kill somebody, the family may grow up and seek retribution. So they wanted to keep that from happening, but... They literally killed a 16-year-old kid that hadn't done anything. Literally. Nothing. And he wasn't even there when his dad was killed. There was two separate killings. Yeah, because he would have been killed, too. Because uh, they always... I mean, you can't really target a drone to kill. People don't tend to hang out in open fields by themselves regularly in a place that they can be found. You know, They're always with other people. People are social creatures. Even bad people are social creatures. The Bad Quaker staff has discovered how easy it is to get everything you need for the holidays at Amazon. Everything from the coolest decorations to hangover remedies, and everything from the latest movies and music to poop stain remover. If you follow the Amazon link at badquaker.com, Amazon will give badquaker.com a tiny portion of the purchase. It won't cost you any extra, but you will be supporting this podcast. Thank you. Is this Tyler Lindholm calling from Wyoming? It is. What's up, Tyler? You did, I interviewed you on the gumbo because you were one of the uh, Ron Paul delegates from Wyoming, right? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Tell yep. us really quickly, short short version of what happened with that for people who haven't heard about it. 
Uh, we went down to Tampa, Florida, and the establishment really, really put it to us. They, they didn't want to hear from you. Well, that would, no. But before that, I should oh, do a, before that, yeah. A, yeah, before that, what happened in Wyoming? What did Dick Cheney do? Um, well, uh, we, had, <laughs> we had kind of a weird deal that went down. We were down at the state convention, um, down there to vote on, uh, you know, platforms, planks, et cetera, resolutions, and also to elect uh, delegates and alternate delegates to go to um, the national convention and the, the establishment kind of rigged the deal. There was false votes that they did. The people that shouldn't have voted voted, um, like the state chairman. Uh, not, not good things. <laughs> yeah, and and speaking of sociopathic murderers from the federal government, Dick Cheney did something. What did he do? Uh, Dick Cheney showed up. It was kind of wild. <laughs> like they, it was it was, was kind of weird because they said they, that Dick Cheney was going to show up, and we were. You know, everybody kept expecting a bunch of security to show up, thugs with guns, et cetera. And it never happened. And all of a sudden, Dick Cheney was rolled into the room and got up and gave a speech about how, you know, bombing is good. And it was, it was weird. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was kind of creepy. But hey, I, I, I do have some co- kind of kooky, um, local news as far as Wyoming. I, yeah, man. You guys probably get a lot, a lot of Wyoming, uh, listeners. No, we um, don't. I don't. I think there's like three, man, which suits me just fine, actually, because. <laughs> I want to reach the whole. Lives. I want to reach the whole world except my neighborhood. But go on. Well, it, it, it is uh, relevant uh, nationwide and worldwide. Um, Wyoming is considering adding another ten cents to the gas tax. I don't know if you guys have talked about that. Yeah, the governor who uh, fought, who ran on, I will protect your gun rights, and basically got voted in on single issue. Uh, yeah, right. he's behind it. Right, right. He's a he's a what the Republicans call a rhino, I suppose. Um, but anyways, it's a 10 cents gas tax raise and it's taking the gas tax from 14 cents a gallon up to 24 cents a gallon. Um, it's a 71% increase, uh, in gas tax. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, not a good thing. So that's the facts. What are your opinions on it? Oh, I'm 100% against it. <laughs> I'm against all taxes, but <laughs> what now, what are they I saying mean, the money's going to go to? What they're saying is that the roads are falling Roads. <laughs> Throw the straw man at the argument if you can't win, right? <laughs> There's an interesting. Uh, I don't know if you know about the roads in Wyoming. They were all, all the deals for them were built. It was basically built by. Well, not built by, but um, there's there's a basically a castle in Casper. It's on. Uh, they have their own street. It's this family lives on this compound of mansions in Casper, and they live on Luck Street. Luck, L-U-C-K. And they they are, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, the roads are falling apart and we need 10 cents more on every gallon, but where did the money go? You know, what, why did, why, why was this man, this series of mansions, why that have to be built to build the roads? Right. It kind of sounds like commie talk, but I think it's legitimate <laughs> talk, man. It's like, really? Okay. So there's this family that's made tens if not hundreds of millions building the roads for the past 40 years in Wyoming and for some reason the roads are falling apart and we need more money for it why doesn't that family pay for it right right uh, they're the ones that have been soaking the uh, government pit or at least on the government pit yeah um, yeah it, it's, it's really I don't know I, I think it sucks like the only option because the government does own all the roads um, and they're not going to sell them it's not going to happen. The only only true option I can see, if it truly is a revenue issue, that they do need more money to maintain these roads, um, why can't we go to like a lottery tax where at least it's voluntary? Oh, because lottery 
lotteries are sinful. They're gambling. They'll never have one in Wyoming. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Well, no, Seriously. I, I, you know, and I, I hear you. I mean, we've got this huge Mormon, Mormon voting block in the legislature that uh, um, does does tend to block those type of things. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to someone the other day who was complaining about their treatment at the post office by the employees there, and they were like, yeah, typical government employees. And it was a person that, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that, and it's these people are, are are not like us. They are status, and they vote, and they believe the government, you know, needs to be there for the roads. But they, but everybody will understand what you mean when you say, yeah, they were rude. They were typical government employees. But they don't understand the really, really simple idea behind that, which is they're like that because they have a monopoly and they don't have to vie for your, uh, you know, for your dollar. And yeah, they don't have to vie for your business. That's so such a simple concept, but it's it's it doesn't even get through to the same people who are saying, yeah, those government rude employees. And they're, they they offer solutions like we need to pass a law to make those people be polite. Man, can you imagine the experience you'd have at the post office if those people were forced to act polite? It'd be worse. Yes. <laughs> yeah, would, Thank you, ma'am. Here's your, <laughs> you know, yeah, good. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. I've never really thought about that disconnect between um, how a lot of people view government employees as being incompetent type of people. And, and truly, most of them are. Um, yet they don't see that same correlation towards how the actual government runs. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Solid. Well, that's all I got for you, man, is uh, vote no right. on the gas tax. <laughs> vote no on the gas tax? Yeah, vote no on the gas tax. Contact your Congress critters and tell them they're stupid. They're see, my, th- my theory is, well, I don't vote, but I don't even want to go into all that. And I, I do like that you're involved in politics because it makes it interesting for me, if nothing else. To hear, to hear that somebody's fighting it and getting quelled. I really believe that if, if you vote down the gas tax, I think they'll steal it from you in some other way. They'll probably raise property taxes to even more money. You know, you'd lose, right. you lose right. either way. All right, man, if, we're coming if back. If this happens, I'll be on there. I will, I will be back on your phone, um, bugging you about another tax. So cool, man. Thanks a lot, Tyler. Keep fighting a good yeah, fight. Thank you. Worms. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Someone said we should tax squirrel meat. <laughs> We're back, Michael. So, Ben Vereen, I mean Ben Fiend, how you doing? Hey, I'm a Ben Fiend tonight, not a Ben, a bad Quaker, huh? Yeah. Well, I call you Ben Quaker. I've explained that why why I do that, but some people probably don't know. It goes back to like uh, punk rock to to me being in punk rock bands back in the day. And the way you referred to somebody in a punk rock band in conversation to another punk rocker was by their first name and then the name of their band. Like, um, oh, you know, let's see, Dave MDC was Dave, you know, Dave, the singer from MDC. You'd call him Dave MDC. And, uh, you know, Klaus dead, Klaus Kennedy's, you'd call it like Klaus, the bass player from the dead Kennedy's, you call him Klaus Kennedy. And people know who you're talking about. So... I kind of look at a podcast as a band, you know, like we work on this as hard as people worked on their bands. We want it to get out to the world. We want to reach as many people as possible. We're on a mission. You know, we make buttons. Uh, we make t-shirts. It's all, it's all punk rock stuff. So we even do live tours or at least I do. Yeah. So you're, you're Ben Quaker and I'm Michael Fien and Nima's Nima Fien. And you, uh, used to be with that wildly popular band bomb. Yeah. And, uh, I'm kind of glad I'm not in a band called Bomb now. Can you imagine, like, getting on a plane with an Anvil road case that has the word Bomb stenciled on it now? 
I think we talked before about that incident in uh, eastern Ohio at, at one of the universities where a kid had a bicycle with a sticker on it that said, this bike is a bomb. No, no, this, were- this bike is a pipe bomb is the name of a yeah, band. Yeah. And he had a sticker <laughs> of that band. Uh, and they called the bomb squad. Did they blow his and bike they, up? They literally blew his bike up with him going, please don't destroy my bicycle. And they blew his bicycle up. I'm sure they didn't pay him for it either. Probably not. They probably fined him for uh, inciting panic or some stupid thing. Man, I don't leave the house. I guess, I, guess, I guess they could say I'm inciting panic for my house, but I really try not to incite panic. And it's not even if inciting panic were legal, I would not incite panic. I don't like to incite panic. Yeah, that's the that's government's job, polite. man. That's imitating the government. The government incites panic. That's not polite. Anarchists are polite, if nothing else, because you never know when one's armed. So you always you should always be polite when you don't know if someone's armed or not. Are you a bearded a bearded anarchist, Ben? I am. I am actually a bearded anarchist. Yeah. But I don't a, throw bombs. Because I don't that's throw a bombs head. either. If, that's, if that's, you took your whole band and put them all in one place, I couldn't lift them, much less throw them. Yeah. And uh, throwing bombs is imitating the state. And I try to tell people not to imitate the state. I wrote a blog post about how the – it was called uh, School Shootings, I Blame the State. And I was basically saying that, uh, you know, people who do school shootings often – were told their whole life by the state in public school and beyond that the state would take care of them. And uh, no matter how many laws they pass and no matter how much money they steal, they can't really take care of you as well as you can yourself. And then people realize that a lot of times when they get to be 20 or 25, and they may not realize, well, we need to not have a state and we need to reduce the uh, demand for it until it drowns itself in a bathtub. But they have a vague sense of somewhere, somewhere someone lied to me. Over and over, you know, and they don't even know who it was or what it was, but they have this sense of like life isn't fair. And that comes from being promised a pony and, you know, cradle of the grave love from this benevolent, invisible parent of the state. And they realize when they're somewhere usually between 20 and 25 that that ain't going to happen. They can't be anything they can be just by wishing it so. And they realize that everything they've been told their whole life is wrong. And most people just kind of go into a life of quiet desperation as uh what's his name said Walden Pond guy um and and they just live sad their whole life and sad and angry but you know they don't do anything violent but you know 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of those people do something violent and it's lashing out at the state without even knowing it's the state and imitating the state and i think that the reason people go shoot up schools people you know people say well it's a gun free zone uh yeah it is but there's other gun-free zones where people don't tend to go as much and shoot them up. And I think they shoot up schools because even if they don't realize it consciously, they know that the school is what messed them up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There is, there is whether it's, you know, subconsciously or whether they actually understand it, that is the root of their evil that they have to face their whole life is that 12 years of imprisonment that they were forced to be there and they committed no crime and yet they are forced to go there every single day their their behavior is controlled everything that they think and do and say you can't even go to the bathroom can't even piss permission. yeah i mean yeah. that's like jail literally yeah it's worse than jail in jail you're in a little cell you have a can with a, with a toilet yeah you don't yeah. have to ask yeah, and I I'm really appalled by what this guy did. I think it's horrible. I would I would never go shoot anybody. The only time I'm ever ever going to shoot anybody is if they come at me with a weapon. Um I would never go shoot anybody and especially someone who shoots kids. It's just reprehensible. 
But I, I think my explanation is one that's never considered, not really considered. And I think it's accurate and people are appalled by it. I mean, I've had status saying like, that's horrible. But then these statists are like reading with moist eyes, trying to like read these articles on CNN and places like that that say, it says like, what was behind the shooting? Questions are being asked. What kind of guns did he use? And it's like, the guns he used doesn't matter. And what's behind it, you know, they're looking for like, did he argue with the principal? Was this principal mean to him? Things like that. And I'm like, that's not got nothing to do with it, man. You're looking for answers. I have your answer, but I give them the answer. And then people think I'm nuts and horrible. And it's too soon. We actually added a category on the podcast on the, on the blog, the fiends blog of too soon with a question mark. And uh, that was one of the categories I put this blog post in. Yeah, I like that phrase, especially when I make uh, jokes about Abraham Lincoln and theaters. <laughs> World War II, yeah, the yeah. Nazis. I made a really bad joke the other day and then said too soon. It was uh, <laughs> it was actually a joke about like using unethical competition to help a friend's business, and I would never do it. But I have a friend that makes these microphones that are like six or $7,000, but they are replacements for old German microphones that are like 50000 to to $100,000 if you can get them. And uh, I told him that he should start a rumor that the reason those old German microphones sound so good is that the diaphragm inside the microphone is made from human skin. Oh, no. And then I said, you didn't. And then I said, too soon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that might be crossing a line somehow. I don't know. Am I crossing a line? I mean, the president kills a bunch of children and then goes on TV and cries saying oh we killed a bunch of children and yeah i don't even know that it was crocodile tears i mean it was scripted and he was reading from uh, a teleprompter and he may be a robot but i don't think so but you know maybe for him that's an appropriate response and maybe in you know when the cameras weren't rolling maybe he cried when this happened because he doesn't see the disconnect of he's killing kids too you know actually and if you think about it let's let's consider it two different ways way one he's faking and he's acting and he understands that you know, that he's killing people and what this guy did may be crazy, but it's exactly the same as what he does. That's that's option one. Option two is he is so engulfed in the religion of the state that he actually believes in his mind that he yeah. is a good person doing a good thing. I think that, you know, I mean, I saw a lot of blog posts about the crocodile tears in front of the teleprompter. And it's like, nah, I don't think they're crocodile tears, man. I think. I think this guy heard about it and turned to his wife in private and cried. You know, I really believe that he's that disconnected from the fact that he is a child murderer. I really think so. And and others have said this, that that type of a person is far more dangerous yeah. because, you know, the guy in the in the uh, in the school at some point, he turns the rifle on himself at some point. He knows he deep in his mind. He stops. Yeah. Yeah, he knows what he's doing is bad. He can't live with himself for it. He'll do something to either suicide by cop or he'll turn the gun on himself. But people like Obama will go through their whole life justifying murdering people. And and they, and they have no better reason than the crazy guy. Yeah. You know, I want to point out to anyone listening that if you're new to this podcast, we are not just bashing Democrats. I mean, if Romney had won, we'd be saying the same stuff about Romney because Romney probably would have nuked Iran his first week. Um, and we're not just talking about America. I mean, if we were in England, we'd be doing the same stuff. If we were in Iran, we'd be doing the same stuff. Any government is immoral. They're all immoral. They all steal. They all kill. That's what they do. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And we'll be back to talk about how Hillary Clinton may be a robot after we go sell some things. Have you swallowed too much of the state's poison? The Freedom Fiends will stick their fingers down your throat and hold your hair back while you hurl. Check out the new show, The Freedom Fiends Agenda, on Freedom Fiends Radio. Click on the blue Listen link at freedomfiends.com, streaming live every Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. East Coast, U.S. time, on Freedom Fiends Radio at freedomfiends.com. The Freedom Fiends agenda is Michael W. Dean and Nima Badati's fun and feisty chat about market anarchy, self-defense, real money, the digital police state, activism, DIY media, sex pets, and rock and roll. Call in soon before they get droned. Live studio number 307-215-5171 or via Skype to username kittyfeet1. Listen live at freedomfiends.com. That's freedomfiends.com. Of LRN's uh, feed r- running really loud in my ears right now, and so it's very difficult to tell what I'm saying because I have whatever that is, Quantum 5 commercial or whatever, blasting in my ear. But, um, yeah, anyway, so let me look through my notes here and see if I can just come up with something randomly looking at notes that I have for upcoming podcasts that uh, I haven't completed that. Okay, let's see. Here's a... Uh, no, we're going to talk about... I'm hearing voices in the background. We're going to talk about Hillary when Michael comes back from the uh, from the break. So I have in my notes, dealing with trolls. Eh, I don't want to talk about that. Every, let's see, Franz Oppenheimer. Uh, now, I quote him all the time. Let's see. What else do we have? Zero aggression principle is a moral stance which asserts that aggression is inherently illegitimate. Aggression for the purpose of the zero aggression principle is defined as the initiation or threatening of violence against a person or legitimately owned property of a person. All right. And keep going. Notes from a debate that never took place with... Uh, from Market Free Talk Live, Mark Edge, and I need to get back in touch with him and yeah. set that back up. We started to have a debate on whether voting was yeah. immoral or not, and we had it all lined out, and I had like a really busy day that day and blew my brains, uh, well, I shouldn't say it like Don't that, I blew that. my brain function out by having a really busy day, and then I got on the, on, uh, on, what did we use? Skype, I think. I think I got on Skype with Mark, and we started talking, and I just could not figure out what I was talking about, and then Mark lost his connection, and the whole thing fell apart. So I need to get back with Mark and, and set back up that election. I mean, that debate on the election. election? Although, you know, now that we're past the hype of the election, uh, it's not it's not so it's important not timely, to everybody man. like it was back in November. But maybe yeah. it, it might be easier to get clear thinking. You know, it's kind of like um, right around December 7th, if you start talking about how, you know, FDR knew about uh, Pearl Harbor before it happened. Too soon. Some people get really upset about that. But if you have the same conversation with them in June, they'll actually listen to what you have to say. So I'm I'm thinking maybe maybe uh, in a month or two might be better to have that debate with Mark about voting. Because that uh, it, it might allow people to have a clear thought, uh, a clear mind, and not be all hyped up in the emotions of voting for their, you oh. know, to save the government from the government or whatever. Yeah. 
Let's see what other notes I was kind of surprised Tyler... There are almost 7 billion people. Only about 6,000 people actually rule the world. This is from a thing called, a book called Superclass by David Rothkopf. Rothkopf? Um, Yeah, anyway, um, my notes on that mention that conspiracy theories are unnecessary. If you just look at the numbers... About 7 billion people and about 6,000 people actually are in positions of, uh, of leadership. How many? So, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot for, uh, I just dropped into listening. Ben, can, can you hear me? Oh, I can now. Okay. How many people? <laughs> we're about to go back live. I think we're live. So, um, you can stop filling space if that's okay with you. And Yeah, uh, no problem. We are back. We're back on the Freedom Fiends. Yeah, Ben was filibustering while I was pee-peeing and watching my wife make uh, Mrs. Dean's Ginger Toffee White Trash Cookies. We took the word white trash out of them because so many people like them that we had to clean up, clean it up to uh, to give the recipe out to friends and co-workers. But that's the full name is Mrs. Dean's Ginger Toffee White Trash Cookies. And I just posted the, um, I posted the link for it in the Fiend's show note in the fiends uh fiend fiend chat and i am going to post it in the archive on the fiends blog um, not the, not the blog the the blog we have the fiends podcast site i will post it they're really good man they're so good they're like uh they're like drugs you know if i was <laughs> if i was really nice we'd like we'd like sell this uh recipe to jillian for stateless sweets she'd give it to her if she called it that it'd be good my wife makes a, yeah. uh, a uh, my wife makes a bean dip that we uh, all around all of us around here call it crack dip because she'll make this this multi layer bean dip and people just fall on it and just devour it. You can't stop eating once you yeah. try it. Yep, these are uh, these are like drugs. As are stateless sweets. There ought to be a law, man. There ought to be a law against stateless sweets. That's my comment. They're so good. So Hillary. Was that now? This is unconfirmed. This is not. I'm, robot, I'm not getting this. Robot. <laughs> robot. <coughs> robot. I'm not getting this from mainstream media. But I heard someone say that she was partying pretty heavy, and she went into uh, you know to have her little moment away from everybody, where she was gonna you know tr- kind of Ralph up what she'd overdrank. And she got and she pooed her pants. It, she slipped and then smacked her head on the on the tank of the toilet. And that's why she has a concussion. That's why she can't uh, testify before Congress on the murder of the uh, of, <laughs> so the, of day the CIA. After, the day after the child murderer in chief is crying on national TV, Hillary bumps her head on the toilet. I mean, this sounds like Jersey Shore. It sounds like a reality show. And somebody said that we need to vote them off the island, but I don't think we can. So. And, and that's totally unconfirmed about hitting her head on the toilet. It's just something I heard somebody say. It, it could be wrong. I heard she pooed herself. I heard she had the squirts because she had a stomach flu, right? You get the squirts when you have the stomach flu. And then she slipped on the poo? No. She slipped, squirted in her granny panties, and then uh, bumped her head. Are we trying to get droned? I mean, really? Oh, man. You know, I would bet. I would bet that whoever's listening from the central scrutinizer is probably laughing right now because they're probably a Republican. So. They, you know, they probably have been in. You know, they they the low level guys are the new ones, the Democrats, and the ones that've been in since Bush are probably Republicans. And you know, I I would hope that the fiends and Ben Quaker 
are of a high enough level of we need to watch this that they would give it to one of the older guys, the more experienced guys. And they're probably Republicans who don't like Hillary, and they're probably laughing their butt off. I think that's the problem with using anything but computers to do this kind of vetting is what if we actually convince the guy, some of the guys, you know? So for time limitations, that's where I had to cut it off. Now, you can find the entire uh, podcast, a whole two hours of it, over at the Freedom Fiends. And uh, you just go through and look for their Sunday uh, their Sunday recording for, I believe it was 12-16-2012. And you can hear the whole thing. So anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>